we want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. She's going to come to this church like a month earlier, and some things happened, and schedules didn't work out. And so one day we decided to come, and it's close to our house, so we said we're going to come. And then uh, Pastor Stephen and Cynthia opened their house that night and said, well, why don't you guys come? We're going to have biscuits and chicken and uh, lots of good things. The biscuits are magical, guys. So let me just tell you that right now. Um, and we found a homebody at church, which was one of the greatest blessings we've ever gotten. Um, shortly after that, we finally got a call to become foster parents. And if you've never been in the foster system or whatever, it's very hard to get a baby. Um, if you if you want to have a baby to foster, uh, usually most of the kids are older. Um, and what some of you don't know is we actually got a call about two weeks before we got our original foster baby for a different foster baby. And he was just born and we were going to take him in. And then at the very last minute, uh, we got a call and said, no, grandma's going to take him. And we were kind of crushed because we had you know, gotten our house ready. We're going out to the store buying things we didn't have, diapers and cribs and strollers and things like that. And then a few weeks later, we got another call for a baby. Um, and uh, having two calls like that is, it was definitely God's timing. Um, and we got to bring home, we actually had to go to the hospital, spend the night with him. And we got to bring home a baby boy. His name was Zane. And we thought that you know, we, were, we might be able to adopt this, this child. And we had him for about five months. And um, about three months into it, we, we finally got to go to court and figure out what was his plan was going to be moving forward. And that was a Wednesday. Um, and we found out that the grandma had decided to take Zane um, or wanted to take Zane with her to Texas. And that was, that was pretty tough. Um, it was the first time we kind of heard that or kind of knew that. Um, but we were so thankful that we had Zane at the time that we did. Uh, but God's timing is good. And the very next day, we found out that my wife was pregnant with Orabella. Um, and so it was, it was all about God's timing. It wasn't about ours. Um, Another thing about foster care is generally when you have a child with you and they leave, you don't get to see that child again, really. Um, and because of the way God's timing worked out, because of the way when when the court case came and all those things, um, we had to develop a relationship with the grandma because she wanted to do FaceTime and see him. And, and all those things. So we, we actually got to develop a relationship with the grandma. So we still get to see pictures of Zane. We get to see him grow up still. Um, and all those things are really good. Um, I could go further and further about God's timing. Uh, this whole year, um, since Orabella has been born through COVID, I lost my job right before Orabella was born, but God has been good. And he just gives and gives and gives. Uh, the other thing, thing I'm really thankful for is um, all of you. And I just want to make sure that you guys know that you guys have been a big part of our family um, and continue to be so. And we, we thank you so much. 
sing Living Hope at the end, you got, but I would like to be in a part. It was like having a little family up here at the same time. Um, can you come up here, Lindsay, and you read this scripture? Uh, I want us to look at this, um, this passage of, just for a little bit today, I'm not going to really dissect it a whole bunch. I'm just going to, just going to talk about it a bit. Um, could you put up that uh, whole, whole big thing on, um, in Luke 17, go ahead and it's, it's, it's I told you you're going to read a verse. It's Wait, like nine we, verses. All right. I read out loud uh -huh. as a profession. So. We're getting ready to have Thanksgiving. I want you to use this. I'm going to call this the story of the lepers Thanksgiving. Okay. I want you to use the story as a way to set your table. Uh, not literally, but, you know, spiritually set your table for, for Thanksgiving. Okay. <clears throat> Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give the glory to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Amen. Thank you. Lord, would you just anoint these words? Uh, they're already anointed. Anoint, uh, anoint my words that I would be able to uh, share what you have on my heart. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us, would speak to us, that each of us, our ears would be open uh, to hear something new, to help us to be um, a people who are even more thankful than we already are. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Everybody smile if you have it in you just to try to smile, even if you don't feel like it. Sometimes that makes you feel better. I heard that, um, I, I read this, that healthier people are people who smile more. I heard that, I, I read that if you want to add years to your life, you voice your thanks you voice your praise. And if you want to live less, long, uh, shorter, I don't know, does anyone want to live shorter? Then uh, do more complaining and do more grumbling. That'll help. So if, you, if you're done, if you want this life to be quicker and be over, then just, just do a lot of griping. In fact, gripe about right now. Tell the person next to you, look at his shirt. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, he is so boring. Can you just go ahead, just go ahead, just gripe. Go ahead, you have your time, I'm gonna give you a chance. Usually we give you a chance to like say hello to those around you. You wouldn't believe what my wife did, right? Something like that. Of course not, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do that. Of course, in a, in a week of Thanksgiving's coming in three days, four days, um, we would love to have a lifestyle of Thanksgiving, right? 
and um, I love it. I love I love everything about Thanksgiving. I love the I love the parade. I actually love every every food on that day. I actually um, don't love this one. I don't I don't green bean casserole to me is um, is not. I, I tried it last year. Something's like you, you don't ever even try it. So I tried it. I don't really like it. And so I tried it the other day again. Someone had it somewhere, and she's like, "Try it." Oh, it was at Costco? They were set. They were selling the onions, the fried onions. I was like, "I'll have just some of the a uh, cup of the onions, right? The little, the little fried things." But um, I, they gave me it all, and I took it, and I didn't like that either. I didn't like that. But I like I like most everything about Thanksgiving. I like the kidding together with family. My parents are coming. Uh, to town. I don't know what you guys are all doing. Could we just all share? Go ahead. Let's go around and say what we're all doing. <laughs> Who wants to start? Oh, someone coming new. You guys, is that what you do here? Yeah, we, we do. Um, we have some friends from New York. Give them a big hand, ladies and gentlemen, from the Foursquare Church up there. We're family, right? Um, nice to have you. Um, my parents and then the Pummels, Glenn and Sharon Pummel, they used to be pastors in this town at a four-square church, and they're staying at our house. Um, their, their son, Jeremy, was my best friend in, in college and gr growing up, and he's not coming. His parents are coming. I think I'll have fun with them, too. I don't know. We'll see. I won't say next Sunday because they're going to be in service if I'm having fun or not, but I'll just give you a wink. I'll give you a wink if it's not going well, and I'll say, it's going great, Okay. Then you'll know when you see them. It's going to be a neat, neat Sunday. I hope you can be here the Sunday after Thanksgiving. But let's get a, let's just look at this verse a little bit. Um, the first part, uh, verse eleven. Could you put that back up there? It said, um, "Now it happened. It happened. It just happened. I guess as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through. He passed through two places: Samaria and Galilee." And if you're familiar with scripture, um, then you know that Jews and Samaritans didn't like each other. You know the story of the good Samaritan. He was a good Samaritan and no one, and no one else did what they were supposed to do, but this one did. And then there's a story, you know, the Samaritans and the Jews weren't get, didn't get along. And if a Jew wanted to go somewhere and it had to go through Samaria, they would go the long way around to get to it. And here's Jesus, of course, and it says it just happened that he went to Jerusalem, but he passed through the midst, and some versions say on the borders of Samaria and Galilee. And his disciples probably were like, why do we have to go through Samaria? We should stay, just go through Galilee, and we'll be a little bit longer, but it says he passed through the midst of them. He had a reason for doing this. It reminds me of John 4. I looked it up. I, I just didn't memorize where that was. But John 4, it says that Jesus had to go to Samaria. And his, and his disciples at that time said, nah, why do we have to? And on, while he was going there, he met the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And that, that whole story, which you could look at as, a, as one of the best um, little parts in the Bible, best little passages. Um, may I submit to you that nothing just happened with Jesus. Nothing just happens with Jesus. And, it's, and we're looking a long time ago, but I'm talking right now. In the present, when Jesus does something, 
It doesn't just happen. Um, because Jesus was up to something. It was part of his plan. And we're going to come back to this scripture about that he went between Samaria. But let's move on to verse 12. It says, Then as he entered a certain village, there met him, verse 12, men, ten men, who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices. Something that we don't do very often. But they were desperate. And they lifted up their voices and said this, Jesus, Master, Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. This is a good attitude for a leper to have. It would be a good attitude for all of us to have too. Have mercy on us. Lift up your voice and shout. Today, leprosy, um, it says there was 10 lepers, right? So leprosy is called Hansen's disease. I don't know if you've known that. And 250 thousand people still suffer from leprosy in the world today, which is, I just blew my mind. Um, I remember as a kid, I heard a story, and this is probably the most um, impactful story of modern day leprosy that I know, and it's kind of like uh, PG-13. It's not that. I mean, it just, it just kind of... Uh, so there was a group of, uh, of lepers. It was, a, it was an orphanage. And, um, and the children, you know, when you get leprosy, um, it eats away at your extremities first, like your nose, your ears, the tips of your fingers and toes. And they were very perplexed because this particular village, um, leprosy was just hitting them really quickly. It was, it was, it was, it was worsening quickly. They were, they were, they were losing, you know, it just was... And they didn't understand how come it was working so uh, terribly in this, in this village more than others. And they put a camera up, and, um, and they watched uh, through the night, these kids, and rats would come and, and eat at their fingers and their toes. And, um, and the kids didn't feel it because that's what leprosy does. It, it takes away your nerves. And... Um, all through the Bible, leprosy is compared with sin. It's compared with um, what sin does to us. Sometimes our sin is like the story and we have no idea. It can slowly eat away at us. We don't even know it's eating away at us. It can slowly steal things from us. And we may not even feel the sting of, the, of what sin does. If you were to ask a leper if they were to be burned, like burned by hot coals, what is the worst thing about being burned by hot coals? A leper would say, the worst thing is not feeling the burn. Because we were given nerves in our body so that we could feel things, so that we could take our hand away, so that something detrimental worse doesn't happen to us. But when you have leprosy, you don't feel that. And I would ask the same question uh, about sin. What is the worst thing about sin to us? Not to me. I don't sin. You sin? No, it's those other people. What's the worst thing about sin to us? You don't even know that we sin sometimes. And that would be not feeling it. Not sensing the shame. Not sensing maybe even a little bit of yeah, I don't. I guess God. The Bible says Jesus didn't give us a spirit of condemnation, but not feeling the shame. Um, 
the Holy Spirit, the more that we sin, will be grieved. And sometimes we'll grieve the Holy Spirit so much. You're like, you're like this doesn't sound like a Thanksgiving message. You know, you've got to talk about the depravity of our sin, the depths, the great chasm of sin between us and God. You have to talk about that before you can realize how thankful that you need to be. So that's, what I'm, that's where I'm going. The, uh, we grieve the Holy Spirit so much that we don't feel, we don't sense when we've done something wrong. And the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us. And the sad thing is that when we stop feeling convicted, the Holy Spirit has kind of disappeared. And that's a scary place to be. Um, that's America in a nutshell and where we live. We're a, we're a nation. I don't want to be depressing, but, you know, in some ways we're a nation of lepers that we don't even know the depth of our sin. And we don't even know we, were, we, don't even know we are sick. The church doesn't know it's sick. Even the church is sick. I hope that we wouldn't be guilty of that, but yeah, we probably are too. There are some churches that are more guilty than others, but we are a nation of lepers and we need to realize our sickness. Now these guys, these 10 lepers, they realized their sickness. They knew it. They shouted, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus cared enough to do what he did next. In verse 14, would you put it up there? The first five words of verse 14, it says, uh, so when he saw them, so when he saw them, it's not just like, oh, I saw them. Yeah, I think they were here at church. I, did you see them? Yeah, I think I saw them. I think it was the brown hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw them. No, the word for, the Greek word for saw there is kind of compelling, it's, it's that, um, everybody listening, everybody listening, don't turn off when you say, hear Greek. Cynthia's like, ah, don't talk about Greek words. But it, it, sometimes the English doesn't do what it's supposed to do because it was written in Greek originally. And that Greek word for saw is that Jesus fixed his eyes on you. He fixed his eyes on you. He fixed his eyes on me. It's the literal word mirror. He mirrored them. See yourself in the mirror today? Everybody look in the mirror today. Alan, I think it was someone, I think it was Alan was in the bathroom. I was in there looking at my hair. I was looking in the mirror at my hair and I was like, oh my gosh, Reagan, you got to cut my hair. She cuts everybody else's hair. Come on, do my hair. So she was busy Thursday, Friday. I was like, come on. I look in the mirror. We look in the mirror at ourselves. The, imagine these men never saw a mirror in their life. And it says Jesus mirrored them. He saw them. When no one else saw them. They didn't know maybe they were missing a part of their nose or a part of an ear, a part of their face. And it says that he saw them. Most people looked past them. When they went by, they they might have saw them, but they didn't see them. They would try not to see them. They would try to avoid the stench that was coming from them. They would do everything they could to go the other way, try to ignore them. But Jesus, and you're looking at the, you're looking at the lepers here. We're talking about the lepers. And the thing is, when we read this, 
we put ourselves in Jesus' place, right? Well, I hope I would see people. I hope I would really fix my eyes on them because I'm the Jesus, of course, in this story. Or maybe you're not as holy like that and you're like, oh, I'm not Jesus, but I'm his disciples. I was with them and I see this happening and I'm like, wow, I need to really take note, right? That's, that's what I need to learn from this. But what if the, what we're, what, why this passage is here is because we're the lepers, right? We're the lepers. We, that's who we should be relating with here. We're the, we're the lepers. We're perhaps the, the Samaritan leper. And uh, I want to give you uh, two reasons to be thankful. We already talked about one of them. I didn't give it to you. The reason, one reason to be thankful is because Jesus goes where no one else goes. Can you put up that slide? Jesus goes where no one else goes. He went between Samaria and Galilee, and, and it says that um, between Samaria and Galilee. So we see Jesus goes where no one else goes. Number two, because he saw them, Jesus sees like no one else does. Jesus sees like no one else does. He could have easily ignored us. He could be sick and tired of Jeff. Oh, my gosh, Jeff. All the sin. It's driving me. I, I am sick of the stench of your sin. I am going the other way. But Jesus still sees us. I mentioned Jeff because no one would think, well, I'm picking on him because he's so sinful. He seems like he doesn't sin, but apparently he does at home. Janet, does he? I don't know. Yeah, Jesus looks past our hang-ups. He looks past our habits. He looks past our addictions. He looks past our, our, our uh, idiosyncrasies, and he sees us. He sees you. If there is not a word that you hear today, hear this. That, and it may, be not, may not be about your sin, but there are in, this, in that room this large with this many people, if there, if there was a, at least four in this room, this would probably be true. There is someone here that is lonely. There is someone here that feels friendless. There is someone here that feels like someone looked at them the wrong way. Someone watching online that probably feels hopeless today. You probably felt so hopeless that you decided, I'm not going to church today. And somehow the enemy does that to us, right? Like when you're hopeless or depressed, you stay away from people. The, wor the worst thing you could do, right? And maybe you feel that today. I could give you this word from this scripture passage. Jesus sees you. He sees you in your isolation. He sees you in your... Stiff arms, you stay, you stay away from me. You, you, I, don't not, I do not need people around me. The relationships didn't do me any good before COVID, and then during COVID, it was better because I didn't have them. So I now I don't need them. Jesus sees us. That's a word for me. I hope it's a word for you too, like nobody else does. And then what he does next. It says, Jesus saw them, and he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. He said, go show yourself. As they went, they were cleansed. It was, 
It was as they went, they were cleansed. He told them something and they obeyed. And as they obeyed him, as they obeyed him, I don't know if it was like, go show yourself. As they, oh my goodness, I'm cleansed. Probably this is what happened. As they went, they were cleansed. I would give you this reason to be thankful too. Jesus rescues us when no one else could. Jesus goes where no one else goes. Jesus sees like no one else does. And Jesus rescues us when no one else could. No one else could help the lepers. There was not like, oh, take this and call me in the morning. You'll be better. Only Jesus could do something like this. Only Jesus had this in him to do. And just as there was no one to heal them of leprosy today, there is no one. I will go back to the chasm of sin for a minute. Everybody listening? We're almost finished. Just as you could not be healed of leprosy, you cannot, I cannot be healed of my sin. There is no way of getting out of sin except death. There is no way of paying for the price of what I've done because I'm a sinner. I am a leper. I am sinful. There is no way to pay for it. There is no hope for any of us except in Jesus Christ. That's a great sentence, and everyone can say amen. Even if you don't comprehend it, you can, because Jesus is the only one that can bring hope to our sin because he can forgive it. But we don't realize that uh, we need to be rescued. We don't realize we need to be healed. That's the problem often. But Jesus does rescue us when no one else would, when no one else could. No one else could do what Jesus does. I'm making that point. Everybody get it. I could give you my testimony, and often this is what my testimony is, and it's wrong. I say, I was born in church. I literally was born in the second row of a four-square church in Wichita, Kansas. Then I moved to a four-square church in St. Louis, Missouri, for 20 years. Then I went to a four-square church in Watertown, South Dakota. Then I went to church in California. Yes, they have churches in California. I moved there, and I stayed a Christian for 20 years. And um, I really didn't, I don't really have much of a testimony. I didn't do a lot of drugs. I didn't do any drugs. I never drank a drop of alcohol. I never smoked a cigarette. I never um, said a cuss word. Okay, I really have. I've cussed, I've cussed from time to time, probably. Not that much, but um, my son has a shirt, Jaden. It says, I'm a really sweet kid, but I cuss a little. Someone gave it to him. I'm like, ah, he can't wear that shirt. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, so I gave it to, to Leo. I gave it to Christian's, Christian's son because they probably didn't need it. Um, but my testimony, that's not my testimony. My testimony is that Jesus rescued me. When you're mature in Christ, you realize that I was rescued. I was rescued before I ever needed to be rescued as a child. And maybe you were rescued right out of the drug addiction or right out of the pornography or right out of this or right out of that. But no matter what our stories are, my story is that I was rescued. Jesus saved me. If I don't get that, then I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know Jesus if I don't get that he saved me from who knows what. When I was just a kid, how do, I, don't, I didn't do it. I wasn't that great of a kid that I found Jesus. Jesus found us. 
Jesus rescued us. That's our reason to be thankful. And that's my last one. Number four, Jesus welcomes us when no one else would. And especially the Samaritan, he welcomes him. It goes on to say that that they all ran away because they went. As they went, they were cleansed. And as they went, he told them to show themselves to the priests. And I can imagine we always give a a bum rap to the other nine because he said, go show yourself to the priest. Jesus told them to, okay? So don't get mad at them. They went. But no one else came back to me. Jesus is a mysterious person because he says no one else even came back and said thanks. They should have come back. But this man on his way there realized I'm a Samaritan. I go to the priest. I show myself whether I, have, whether I am healed of, of leprosy or not, I am still unclean. The, the priest, the church, if I go to the church, if I go to that church, they're going to tell me I'm unclean still. It's not going to help to go to the priest. So on his way, he decided to turn back because he figured, let the nine go show themselves to the priest. Maybe later they came back and thanked Jesus. I don't know. My point is this, that he turned back because the priest was not going to call him clean. So he went back to the ultimate priest. He went back to Jesus the high priest. He knew that Jesus would welcome him, and Jesus did. He didn't say, oh, didn't I tell you to go? No, he welcomed him. He probably hugged him, and he told the man. Verse uh, 15, it says, six, uh, it says, 15, and one of them, the Samaritan, when he saw the, that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and he fell down. I'm being dramatic. On his feet, at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And then it goes on to say that um, Jesus said, because, because you, can you, so Jesus answered and said, we're not the clean, verse 18, verse 19. <clears throat> where, the, where are they at? Where are they? And he said to them, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Worship team, would you come forward? We're going to sing that uh, chorus of that song, or that first verse of that song about the great chasm um, as we close today. We're going to sing it. The other nine didn't come back, but he turns back because it's his ultimate priest and Jesus welcomes him. And I want to ask this question to us today. Smile again if you can. What is our response to this story, the leper's? Thanksgiving. What is our response to this? What is your response? What would the Holy Spirit tell you to hear from this? Are you to hear this from Jesus' perspective? Are you to hear this from the leper's perspective? Are you to hear today that you're a sinner? Maybe that's what you need to hear. Are you to hear today that you are forgiven? Maybe that's what you need to hear. Here's one response that you should have. And that is this, thanksgiving, and I, I, I've mentioned this, I went back and looked, and I've mentioned this almost every thanksgiving, and I'm going to continue to mention it. Thanksgiving is a verb. It's not my little high horse I'm getting on, it's not my opinion, it's the Bibles. Thanksgiving is a verb. It's not a nice holiday, just a nice thing. It's not a word we use. I'm going to live with an attitude of thanksgiving, a lifestyle of gratitude. I am, no, 
It is a verb. And it's not defined by you. You can define, well, my Thanksgiving is standing and singing with my arms crossed in church. My Thanksgiving is uh, once a year I, I open my Bible. Well, my thanks no, Thanksgiving is not defined by being Pentecostal or being um, Baptist or being Republican or being Democrat or being um, non-denominational. Or denom it's not defined by any of it. It's by, defined by the Bible. And the Bible has great things to say about what Thanksgiving is. It would be a sermon on its own, but I will just tell you nine words that I found in the book of Psalms. If you're looking for how to use that uh, Thanksgiving as a verb, how to put it into action, here are some of the action words it uses for Thanksgiving. And you can, could you, you go ahead and play a little bit? Here's the, the words, shout, kneel, sing, clap, make a joyful noise. Be boastful. That's a Greek uh, Hebrew word uh, in there. It means to be boastful. Another Hebrew word was to split the ears with a sound, which means what it's, what it, exactly what it sounds like. I heard someone doing that today. It's using instruments, harmonies. Do you know that that's like a biblical thing to, to sing in harmony? Raising your hands. The Bible talks about thanksgiving by waving hands. The Bible talks about thanksgiving as lifting holy hands. You know, we think it's, oh, that's those, those four squares. They're so square. They, they raise their hands and they lift their hands. They no, it's the Old Testament, all right? The Bible tells us this is how we thank God. By kneeling. And, uh, and it goes on and on. All verbs. All verbs of how to be thankful. Of course, we have the example of the guy. Verse 15, it says, He fell on his face. He shouted two of the ways and said thanks to God. I'm going to ask you, we're going to sing this song. And, um, and I would invite you to do one or all four or all seven or all nine of the things I said in this song. Maybe to show your thanks. Well, I don't need to show my thanks. I don't need to even say my thanks. You know, sometimes saying your thanks completes the process. It makes you thankful. Well, I'm not thankful. Have you ever said thankful? Have you ever shown thankfulness? I think that showing our thanks will also do that. Oh, I don't believe you. Have you ever been married and you told your significant other or your friend Let's just go with significant other. You tell them, well, I don't want to show you. I'll give you a card that Hallmark wrote. That's the way I feel about you. That's not going to complete the thanks. That's not going to be enough. You have to show them or else it's not. It's a, like love. Love is a verb. You get what I'm saying? I'm going to have you stand. Go ahead and stand. This song is not, um, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. No, it's not that kind of song. This song is not, wave your hands, lift them high, let the whole world. No, no, it's not. This song is not um, a lot of drums, I guess, is it? You can use as many drums as you want on this. Can you even hear me? You hear me? Just do it. You just, you just go crazy. But... But the words of this song say something. And um, 
Don't let the way the song goes dictate how you give thanks. If you do real well, then we'll be done real quick. If not, we're, we're going to worship till 1230. Okay? We're going to sing just the first verse. And then if it feels good to um, praise the, the, the chorus, then we'll do that too. If you think the verse needs to be done twice because they're not uh, get, getting it, you know, you do it, okay? Then I'll close with a prayer, okay? How great the chasm Hallelujah. between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. Speak your praise. Speak your praise. Desperation. Hallelujah. I turned to heaven. Spoke your name into Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my Lord. Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving Sunday. Jesus goes where no one else goes. That's celebrating Easter, I guess, as well. Jesus sees us like no one else does. Jesus rescues. Yes, you needed to be rescued when no one else could. And can I hear an amen? Jesus welcomes us like no one else would. If you were to read that first uh, part of that passage where it said, and it happened, and you were to personalize it for you, it would probably read something like this. Now it happened as Jesus went that he passed through the midst of your shame. He passed between your sin and your death, and he found you. Put your name in there. He found you. And you were a leper. You were a Samaritan. You were a sinner in need of a Savior. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to I say this prayer. I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure not to just say something token to God. I, want, I wanted to say it with meaning. And I say this. Lord, we thank you for this story of gratitude that reminds us. Would you lift your hands or do something of yourself to show them thanks? That reminds us on this Thanksgiving that Jesus goes between our Samaria and Galilee, that you see between our sin and our sainthood, that you look past where we are from, where we are from, some of us where we are from, we would rather no one knows, but you look past where we are from and see where we are headed. And we thank you that your love reaches past our leprosy, and cleanses our soul. Lord, I pray that we would be obedient when you tell us that we would go and we would be cleansed on our way. 
Lord, we pray that we would be obedient to you and listen as we go out of this place. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Stay around as long as you want and enjoy Mario's biscuits and gravy. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.